So, but anyway, tonight, this morning, we're doing the last of a series that we've been doing on the, the presence of God. To pursue God's presence. I mean, just think about it, y'all. Just all about God pursuing Him. Chasing after him and using the senses that God has given us. Hearing, Mitch, two or three weeks, four weeks ago, I guess it was, spoke on hearing the voice of God. Jesus says in John 10, my sheep follow me because they what? Know my voice. They will not follow a stranger because they do not know his voice. So just to pursue him, chase after him, to hear him say, say things, tell us where to go, what to do, or just sometime, most of the time, just the fact of the matter, he loves us. How about also, not only that we were pursuing his presence in relationship to hearing his voice, but uh, what we talked about a couple of weeks ago is, you know, uh, what you feel. You know, knowing, dealing with reality is as God is a God of emotions and that we can feel him in the presence of the Lord is what? Fullness of joy. And, and when we talked about that, the thing that we, were, that we were talking about, in fact, I included the notes on this about the emotions because there's a thing that's really important about following the Lord that will be relevant for today. It's about hearing His voice, feeling, feeling Him, and seeing Him. As there's this thing that I just spoke there at the beginning. is is just literally paying attention to what you're hearing. Pay attention to what you're feeling. Pay attention to what you're seeing. Because so many times that God is speaking, so many times God is just He's just drawn up next to us, and you can feel him. And so many times God is doing something, and his heart is for us to see, hear, or feel him and respond to him. Or like it says in Matthew, I mean, uh, Hebrews chapter 5, verse 14, those are the mature who because of practice have their senses trained to discern good from evil. Because like it says in Romans chapter 8, what is it in relationship to maturity is those are the sons of God who are what? Led of the Spirit. Those who are led of the Spirit, those are the sons of God. So to respond in relationship to paying attention to what we're here feeling and seeing, uh, discerning what it is we're hearing, feeling, or seeing, and then responding. Now that's the whole thing, y'all. Never do we not want to respond. Even if it's a lie, you want to respond to it. You want to rebuke it, take your thought captive, whatever, get to the root of it. You know, you want to respond to it. But today, it's just really kind of exciting to me about seeing God's effects. Now, let me, just before we go, I just want to repeat this, the vision, what we're focusing on, the vision of dwelling place, this season, this time, I believe, I mean, this is it, making a difference by embracing God's heart and pursuing God's presence, pursuing, chasing after him. And what we're after is, and what we're talking about here, is what we're seeing. That's kind of, thought, think about it, that's kind of strange. Seeing. And notice the word I'm using is, is seeing literally his effects. Because he's an invisible God. He's a spirit. So how do we follow the one who is invisible? And it's just like following the wind. John chapter 3 tells us, and I spoke this before, those who are born of the Spirit are like the wind. Don't know where they're coming from, don't know where they're going. And so that's what we're after. So, so I just want to awaken us up 
So if we're going to follow after the Lord in relationship to what we see, now I'm going to just narrow down on that for a bit. How are we going to operate? Now notice this passage of Scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17 and 18. And so it, it says, For our momentary light affliction is producing in us an eternal weight of glory. Now, some of you in this room going momentary light affliction. Light affliction. I was just... You know, last time I spoke on, uh, on emotions, and I was talking about pain. I was talking about how emotions are signals of an event. And Jim was talk, sent me an email. Jim and I interacted on it. He says, well, Rick, man, um, I don't, there's not many days that I don't have pain. Jim Ebel, yeah. He's talking about feeling pain. And, you know, and so it's easy for me to say, well, momentary light affliction. It's really, I will tell you all this, Jim, I wish Jim was here, but uh, Jim uh, emailed me during the week. We prayed for him on Monday night, and we specifically spoke into pain. He sent us a text me- email the next morning. He says, I want you to know that last night was the first night that I slept without pain. I don't know. So I go, glory to God in that, in a long time. It was in a long time. And so anyway, so our momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. I, I speak that in a relationship with somebody like Jim Ebel. You know, that momentary light affliction, I'll be honest with you. I see somebody like Jim, or you know, which I believe he will be healed. We're speaking that. We believe for that. Or Amy, you know, Belshan. You know, these brothers and sisters who really walk to me, they're really walking it. But they're producing into them eternal weight of glory. Where you see people like that, a man or woman of God, walking in faith in the midst of adversity. Dude, let me tell you something, y'all. You might ought to suck up to them now. So like I said to y'all, it's probably good to suck up to Matthew Hubbard too. Because let me tell you something. Those are the people who will, Jesus said, you know, come sit. You know. But so anyway, I'm sorry I'm getting off. But far beyond all comparison, while we not look at the things which are seen, but the things that are not seen. For the things that are seen are temporary, but the things that are not seen are eternal in the heavens. So God has called us into a Jesus life that's a life of looking at the things that are not seen. Dude, how do I see things that are not seen? Our God, we want to see what he's doing and respond accordingly. And and so the first thing is that we got to learn to see the eternal. And I've I've said this before, because what will happen is when we start facing afflictions, we started facing troubles, it it narrows down and it's so easy to focus our, our focus in the short term. And we lose the eternal perspective. And therefore, if you lose the eternal perspective, you lose, you lose your ability to see, which is not seen. And so we've got to be able to see the eternal. That's like the friend, I've said it in here many times, the friend who told me, he says, Rick, whenever you like think about suffering, and he's speaking like about First Peter, the book of First Peter, you always have to frame suffering within the context of eternity. Because you have a God who has purposed to you to tell you, I will cause all things to what? To work out for good. I will cause it to produce for eternal weight of glory. So, so I'm sorry about that commercial, but, but anyway, so let's go on. So we want to see. 
If we're looking at the seen, it's temporary. We're looking at the things that are not seen, it's eternal in the heavens. Now, can we miss God? I've heard many times people say, well, I'm not going to do it unless God just writes it on the wall, unless God himself appears to me and says it to me. Does that mean you'll do it? I'll be honest with you. No. Let me give you some examples. Look at this this passage in, in Matthew 28. This one blows me out of the water. Here's the resurrected Jesus with a nail prints in his hands and in his feet and a spear print in his side. Get this. But the 11 disciples proceeded to Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had designated. When they saw him, they worshipped him. Some were doubtful. Come on! Resurrected Lord right before you! Touch him! Some doubtful. (laughs) What is the deal? Go to the next slide. Look at this one. And uh, these are two that I... Two out of Matthew chapter 20, I mean Luke chapter 24. Here, Cleopas and the guy from recognizing him. And we, we talked about this many times in here. So here, Jesus himself, now we're talking about following the Lord and seeing what he's doing, seeing his effects. And we're going, well, right here he is. And he's walking with them and they don't see him. They don't recognize him. How about this one in Hebrews chapter 2 in verse 1? I mean, I'm sorry, not Hebrews chapter 2, but in Hebrews chapter 13. Where it says, do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers. For by this some have entertained angels without knowing it. (laughs) You never know. You never know. I've heard, I know two or three testimonies in relationship to interns. Like I'll never forget one group of interns we sent down to Atlanta. And uh, all of a sudden they're down there dealing dealing Jesus down on the streets of the homeless on a a Grant Park. And all of a sudden they're... they. uh, you know, they, they run across this guy on a bench, and he's got all this food there, and they're with him, interacting with him. All of a sudden, he just starts preaching to them. I mean, he's sharing intensely the things of them. And they interact with him, and they, you know, I can't remember how it all ends, but the thing I do remember is, is he had a big bag of food there, and that's, that's an important thing for a homeless. Well, they turn and walk off, and they turn around and look back, and there's the bag of food, but no guy. Leanne Pearson walking on the streets of, she was in Paris, France at a time when she was working with the homeless and uh, not the homeless, the Muslims in Paris. And she's, one day she had set apart to the Lord. She says, Lord, I'm just pursuing you and just to know you. And she's sitting on this bench and all of a sudden this, this uh, gentleman, you know, in a, just dressed in like a, a coat, sits, oh, says, come up. Can I? He just starts talking to him. She says, the sovereign God has sent me to talk to you. And he starts telling her stuff. And she says, well, would you like to sit down with me? And so she, he sits down her index with her and tells her just phenomenal things. And, he, and she, he says some things to her. And he gets up and he walks away. And Leanne turns around and looks around. And the next thing you know, he's gone. Now, those are extreme. But how many of those times in every one of us in this room have had visitations from God in weird ways, shapes, or form? One time my sister-in-law, she had, when Bud was in Vietnam, and uh, she, she was taking the boys to, uh, uh, to the doctor. Both of them had pneumonia. Both of them were little. It was like four and two. Uh, no, no, it had been younger because Brooke was born while Bud was in Vietnam. So it had been like two and one, whatever that time frame in that it is. And so child is carrying him in the hospital. She gets into the hallway in the, in the hospital, and, and the kids are going nuts. And she's, she's crying. She's upset because Bud's not there. Both kids are having pneumonia. 
And all of a sudden, this officer steps in and saying, you having trouble? And she picks up, one, I think it was Trey at, at the time, and starts holding him. Trey calms down, and there was a drink machine in front of him, so he puts some money in the machine. And, you know, he was a captain, and Charlie looks up. He was a doctor. He had, you know, the doctor stuff. But the interesting thing, the name tag said Angel. <laughs> and so... <laughs> And so Charlie just, uh, you know, just interacts and, uh, you know, she, he helps her get the boys calmed down and gets him into the right place. And Charlie says, well, thank you so much, sir, and, you know, stuff like that. And the guy says, it's okay. And he walks off. Charlie checks later. There's no doctor by that name in that Air Force base. God's showing up. God's sending. The sea. They don't even know it, whatever, for whatever reason. But I just want us to be able to see. Remember, that's like we recognize, we pay attention to what we're seeing, hearing, speaking, and discern what it is and always respond. Because the more we discern and the more we respond, the more we see, hear, feel. And so that's why we're, our heart is to be sons and daughters of the Most High God having our senses trained to discern good from evil. Why? Because we're paying attention to the small things. Paying attention. Well, what does it mean to see these effects of this spiritual God? What does it mean? Let me give you some examples how seeing God's effects can affect the destinies of our lives. The first one is seeing reveals what God has done. A lot of times in relationship to what he speaks or what he has done. I want you to catch this Jeremiah 2, 32 passage. Jeremiah said, the word of the Lord. And again, where you see dots, that's where I've taken it out to try to get you know, passages that doesn't, part of the passage, it's, it does not speak into that so I can get it all on a slide. But it says, Jeremiah said, the word of the Lord came to me saying, behold, your uncle is coming to you, saying, buy for yourself my field, which is at Anath. For you have the right of redemption to buy it. Then Hanamel, my uncle's son, came to me and he said to me, Buy my field. Notice this statement. Then I knew that, that this was the word of the Lord. That really blew me out of the way. This is Jeremiah the prophet. When all of a sudden, what God said was going to happen, happened, Jeremiah goes, Oh, yeah. Now I know this is what God said. I know this is so many times in my own life is that it's like these mileposts, these, these things that where you look back and you see, all of a sudden you see what God's done. It's a reminder what, I mean, see, see something right now. It's a reminder of something either he has done in the past or he will do in the future or he's doing in the present. In other words, so when you see God working now, it can affirm to you something about what has been done. But also, seeing God working, seeing the effects of God now, can also be revelations of what he's doing now. Look at this slide in, in uh, Acts chapter 8. An angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Get up, go south to the road uh, that descends from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he got up and went, and there an Ethiopian eunuch was an Ethiopian eunuch of the house, the court of Candace. He had come to Jerusalem to worship, and he was returning and sitting in his chariot reading the prophet Isaiah. Y'all, now let me stop in this. 
In Romans chapter 1, it says, no, I'm sorry, chapter 2, it says, there is none that seeks after God, no, not one. See, nobody seeks after God on their own. And, and Jesus, see, only Jesus did what he saw the Father doing. So again, nobody seeks after God, no, not one. Jesus makes a declaration in the book of John. He says, no one can come to me unless the Father draws him. So get this. So all Jesus did was go look at what the Father was doing. So anytime you see, hear, or sense anybody seeking after the Lord in any way, shape, or form, guess what? That's a signal that the presence of God is doing something. Go join him. Join him. That's why, y'all. I, I mean, when Ernie, I mean, I lose going traveling with me, and probably he's going to get sick of hearing this. But wherever I go when I'm in this, somehow, shape, or form, I'll try to say something about the name of Jesus some way. That's how the phrase dealing Jesus came up. What better way to say it? Dealing Jesus. You know, what are you doing? Well, dealing Jesus. What? Well, say the name of Jesus. All of a sudden, they ask something about that. They go, they give you a weird look like it's interesting. Like, that's an interesting thought. Then I know, hearketh. <laughs> Presence of God's doing something. Let's go there. Just pay attention to what God's doing. God will, whatever you see in effect, all of a sudden, out of revelation, God's doing something, let me join this. So God, God's seeing an effect of the Spirit of God, can reveal what God has done in the past, what God is doing now. How about this? What God's going to do in the future. Now, one of my favorite characters is this dude, uh, uh, Simeon, in Luke 2.25. Y'all know is a man who was in the temple all the time praying. And watch this. And there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon looking for the consolation of, of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him and had been revealed to him by the Spirit that he would not taste death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Go to the next slide, please. And notice what it says. And he came in the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child of Jesus to carry him out for the for him, the custom of the law, that he took him into his arms, he blessed God, and he said, now you're releasing, you're releasing your bondservant to depart in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation. Get this. This man, so led of the Spirit, when Jesus is a baby, he's in the temple, he's praying all the time, he's looking for the, for, for the comfort of Israel, the restoration of Israel. And he's there, he's looking every day. And all of a sudden, Mary and Joseph come in with Jesus. He is able to recognize, there it is. There he is. There he is. And you're able to recognize and you respond, oh, yeah, that's what God is doing. As a baby, you can recognize the seed of an oak tree is going to be an oak tree. You recognize an acorn is going to be an oak tree. I was talking to John Spraker the other day about campus ministry. I'm going, what are you seeing, bro? I just got an acorn, paraphrase. I just got an acorn right now. I said, that's okay with me, just as long as you say you got an acorn. You got an acorn, I'm with you. It's all right. That's all right. Because an acorn is going to become what? An oak tree. And he was telling me, I said, all right, what are you, what are you seeing? He says, I can see it. In my, I can see it. I can see it. What it's going to be, what it's going to be. I'm going, all right, bro, I'm with you. As long as you see it in the spirit, I'm with you. Because, he, because when you will see the effects of God, even though Sprake Poo over there is hanging out on Radford campus, he don't see something necessarily a whole lot. I ask him, he says, how many people show up over there? Me and Jesus. Well, that's okay. 
That's okay. Y'all pray for Sprake. Sprake. And Daniel and Sarah and, and Anna. Sprake and Anna. They're doing the stuff. Faithful. That's all that matters. Guess what? Jesus came. And Spraker was just over there on the campus. Jesus told Spraker to show up over there. Nobody ever gets saved in that ministry, whatever. And all of a sudden, Jesus shows up and comes again. And all of a sudden, guess what? Spraker's faithful because guess what? He's been where Jesus told him to be. I don't care how much fruit. If you're just where Jesus told you to be, it don't matter when or what. Just be where he's told you to be. I told you to be here. I'm standing here, Lord. The world will go, well, what kind of good is it doing? It don't matter. He just told you to be there. The effects of the Lord, faithful. So anyway, so seeing what God's doing can reveal what God is, God's presence in the past, God's presence in the future, God's pres- I mean present or in the future. I want to see it, respond it, take advantage of Not take advantage of it, participate with the Lord in it. There's two statements that God really just put in my heart that I just want to really just just put out here to empower us to take advantage and understand and learn to see the Lord. What am I seeing? What I am seeing tells me how to respond. What I see tells me how to respond. Like, for example, y'all get on an airplane. I know two weeks from now I get it back. And, uh, you know, when I see Paula, it's a lot used to Paula to pick me up, but now she's working. She can't pick me up at the airport. But I guarantee you this, when I see her from afar, I'm going to what? I'm going to respond. I'm going to go. But also, the thing is, is that seeing what the Lord's doing, seeing the revelations of his presence can reveal to us how to respond. And then the second question that's important, a key is to seeing God's effects, is to learn to see with our hearts. To see God in the Spirit, you ha- we have to learn to see with our hearts. Now, you remember I, uh, the first time I talked on this about the presence of God, I was sharing with you how you see in the spiritual realm. Does anybody remember the very part of us that enables us to see in the spiritual realm? What is it? Does anybody remember? It's your hearts. It's your heart that you see into the spiritual realm. That's why God's all about the heart. And so, and if you're going to see with your heart, there's two things that you're going to see with. Love and faith. Love and faith. I'll be honest with you. That's why Matthew can come around in here and y'all, let me tell you something. We w- I wish Matthew could talk. Because I guarantee he sees a lot. He sees a lot. Because Matthew will see a lot with love and faith. And that's where, you know, so many times we get in the soulless realm and we don't function and well. We're not seeing what God's doing because we're not seeing from the depths of our heart and love and faith. And so, so the Lord just told me when we're talking about this, I just want to get practical and try to stir some things up in us and our ability to see God's effects. Um, I wish we had time. What I'd really like to do is go just start to really just ask people to share where you've seen God doing stuff in certain ways. Where you you saw an effect of God's presence, and there you gave a response. And it led to awesome things. And I'll share some of the things in my life 
But anyway, the first thing I just want you to realize is pursuing God's presence. Let's go to the next slide here. By seeing God in the supernatural. Okay. Well, okay. This is cool. Well, let's just talk about this. This because you can't. If you're going to talk about seeing God's face, you got to talk about seeing God in the supernatural. And uh, and I, I and I have to confess, I'm a supernatural junkie. I am a I'm a guy who loves Holy Ghost stuff, and uh, you know. I know when I get over to, into get overseas and I get around Emil Tarsha and some of the dudes out of Syria, they are they're nothing but junkies also. You know, and and you know, we're just gonna first bit, we're just gonna party. They've been in a war zone, they've been fighting. I'm serious, they've been in a war zone, they've been fighting to believe. I just believe God just wanted them to just get messed up for a while, and so guess what? We'll just spend our First moments, just praying over each other and just enjoying the Lord together. So I have to confess, when we start talking about seeing God's presence and seeing God in the supernatural, this is one of my favorite parts. But it's probably not the most powerful part. So anyway, but let's talk about this. The first thing is seeing God in the supernatural and the functioning of the gifts of the Spirit. God told me to use, a couple of, use examples out of the book of Acts. Y'all remember on the day of Pentecost when the, when the 120 of the earth are all in one accord, they're in the upper room and they're seeking the Lord. And notice this effect, while they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, you know, it literally talks about how the, the Spirit of God descended, you know, cloven tongues of fire and rested on each of them and they all, you know, you know, came on them and they were all filled with the Spirit and began to speak with other tongues. When the sound had occurred, the crowd came together and were bewildered because each one of them, hearing them speak in his own language, were amazed and astonishing, saying, Why are not all these these who are speaking Galileans? You know, in other words, and each one of them, you know, literally the Cretans and Arabs, we hear them in our own tongue speaking of the mighty deeds of God. Tongues and interpretation coming forth, a gift of the Spirit, revealing the supernatural God is in their midst. And you don't know the response is it, they all continued amazement, great perplexity, saying to one another, what does this mean? And the others were mocking and saying they're full of sweet swine. And I wanted to put that in there because how some are recognizing what God's doing. They're seeing something where people end up getting saved and another group of people were mocking. I remember Radovan telling me a story about in, Beirut, in uh, Serbia. There was uh, this guy named Bank, who was a friend of Shichko's. He and Shichko would, uh, were the guys who would minister on the streets of uh, Yugoslavia, foreign Yugoslavia, and they'd be the ones that get thrown in jail together and get out. And Bank was one of these crazy evangelist dudes. But anyway, Radovan had him doing an outdoor meeting. And, uh, you know, and it's in like an amphitheater. And in the back corner were these guys, these young guys who were Satanists, and they were mocking and, and taunting uh, Bank as he was sharing. And so Bank just stopped the whole meeting. And he said, he goes, young men, come down, come down. And so uh, they started walking down the aisle, and Bank just goes, fire, poof. <laughs> he goes like this, holds his hand up, and he's up on the stage. And then when he does, the power of God hits these young men and knocks them all out in the spirit. And they start speaking in tongues. The guys speaking in tongues. They didn't know the do stuff thing. And they fall out under the power of God, speaking in tongues. And they come to and they get up and run out of the meeting. 
gifts of the Spirit showing, dude, we don't want to mess with this place. This God is real. Notice that. So the gifts of the Spirit can reveal things like that. That yes, there is a supernatural God. That's one of the reasons why I like the revelation of God to move in the Spirit. Because I'll be honest with you, I think dwelling place, we're not seeing the fullness of the manifestations of the Spirit of God to the measure to reveal to the lost that God is real. God's presence is among us. It's like in 1 Corinthians 14 where it says, if you all, you all prophesy and a gift, an unbeliever, a gifted man comes in, will they not say, God is certainly among you? That's what we're after. Let's go on. Some other ways that you can see God in the supernatural is in the miracles. And now the Lord. Now, interesting to me, this one in Acts chapter 4. Peter and John have just gotten beaten. They're released. They go back to the, and go to the other disciples, and they're starting to pray. And he says, now, Lord, take note of their threats and grant that your bond service may speak your word with all confidence. I like this next statement. Well, you do extend your hand to heal and signs and wonders take place through your holy servant, Jesus. Do y'all realize this? Uh, Peter said this the other night. I really was so good when he said this. And God, he's talking about praying for the sick. And God, Peter, I can't remember how the words he said it was, uh, but, uh, you know, Peter, you don't have anything to do with this. Notice the combination. We speak, he does the signs and wonders. He heals the sick. We don't heal the sick. He does. The big thing is, are we, are we, in a way, operating in a way that he wants to hang around with us and confirm what we're saying? That's what, let's be honest with you, that's what I was revealing, God's been revealing to me lately. He says, you know, just pay attention to what you're saying. Because if you want me to confirm what you're saying, you better make sure what you're saying is right and in the right spirit. And so, okay, okay, God. I'm, I'm searching that one out, Lord, because I, I definitely want you to back up what I'm saying. That's his presence, that where God's presence among us verifies his miracles, verify his presence. And I could share a bunch of testimonies about that, but expediency sake, let's go on. Seeing God in the supernatural, seeing God in the miracles, okay? Let's go on. Another one thing about relationship is about dreams or visions in Acts chapter I mean, in Acts chapter 27, when Peter's on, uh, Paul's on the ship, and he, he's telling the men on the ship, keep up your courage, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. For this very night, an angel of God to whom men, to whom I belong, whom I serve, stood before me saying, do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand before Caesar, and behold, God has granted you all those who are sailing with you. And he goes on to say, take courage. He's got a revelation from the Lord. I remember when we, Paul and I came to Blacksburg. We were in Big Stone Gap. Paul hadn't come with me. We were in Big Stone Gap. I know God's telling us to, to, to uh, come up here. You remember I told you I was, I was still on top of the, the chapel, just looking out on it. And that's when the Lord said to me, he says, the fields are wide into harvest. This was in 1991. I come and I go home, go down to Big Stone. I says, Paula, pack up. We're going to move to Blacksburg. God said, come. So I, go, I come up here, and there I am, it come up, and I'm sleeping on a couch of a friend's house. And uh, Tekwawa, some of you, a guy from Malaysia, a guy we had led to the Lord, sleeping on his couch, 
looking for a place to live in Blacksburg. In a dream during the night, the Lord appeared to me and says, do not live, do not move into Blacksburg. Move to Radford. Do not start the campus ministry at Virginia Tech. Start the campus ministry at Radford. So guess what? So that's what we did. It's where we started in Radford, and that's how we met people like Tulio O'Reilly. We started a campus ministry at Radford University. Catherine Worley and Robert, John Spraker. If we'd have started at Blacksburg, we'd have never, I'd have never met those guys. Mitch and Leah come over from there to there, come over from Virginia Tech to Radford, and that's why we go over, back over and start something at Virginia Tech. I didn't know what in the world I was doing. The Lord appears to me in a dream telling me that that's where his presence was. So, so either God's presence to us can be revealed, seeing God in relationship to the gifts of the Spirit, seeing in relationship to miracles or, or a, a vision or a dream. Now, y'all, now I've got to put this disclaimer in the midst of this because just because something is supernatural does not mean it is God. It's very important. And I just wanted to point these out here real quick. In Matthew chapter 7, you remember where Jesus says, he says, many will say unto me that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not cast out demons in your name? Didn't we do not do many miracles in your name? So, but depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. Or how about this one in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, 13? For men are false prophets, deceitful workers, disguising themselves apostles of Christ. No wonder, for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. Y'all, our society today is hungry for the supernatural. And, let, and many times it gets twisted around that, oh, this is an evidence that God is among us. That's why, I want to pause this, that's why we, we teach you how to follow the presence of God in relationship to what you hear, what you see, and what you, what? Feel. Because somebody may be Somebody may be doing mighty signs and wonders, and they may be saying all the right words, but all of a sudden, Paula says to me, Rick, something just don't feel right. And there have been times where I go, oh, babe, it's okay, it's okay. I just don't, just don't feel right. And how many times have I had to go to her? Uh, uh, I'm, yeah, I wish I'd have listened because the full counsel of God, what you see, hear, and feel will reveal. So pay attention, okay? So sorry about that disclaimer. So seeing God supernaturally in relationship to gifts of the Spirit, miraculous, or even dreams or visions. And there's, there's probably many other things. Another, way, another important way that he's talking about seeing God, the manifestations or effects of God's presence is by seeing God in the lives of others. This is really important to me. Um, and we already talked about this one in Acts chapter 8. Get used to this. If you hear or see somebody asking questions or just discussing with you about Jesus, religion, let it know God is working there. Just, just work with it. Go with it. You go, well, no, I'm not an evangelist. It has nothing to do with that. Every one of us have a call to make disciples. And so every one of us, I guarantee you this, just about every day, have somebody around God's presence is doing a work with. So pay attention to seeing God's presence in relationship 
to people pursuing after God. How about this one in Acts chapter 2? Or Acts chapter 3, I'm sorry. Seeing somebody in need. Now, let me just careful of this. A need does not always signal God's presence, okay? Because I guarantee this, when I, where I'm going, all I will see at some points in time is things in need. But my heart, the heart has got to be, remember, if I'm going to see and respond and see God, I've got to see with my heart. So I've got to always see in love and faith. I cannot close my heart off. I will close my heart off ability to see what God's saying and doing. But notice when Peter and John, they go up to the gate beautiful. And you've got to realize this. How many times they had come to the temple, how many times Jesus came to the temple, and they passed by this same guy who was lame from his mother's womb? How many times they seen this guy? What was different this time? The, the important thing is, at this time, there's a couple things I'll point out a little later. But one thing is Peter responds, and he sees the guy in need, and he responds to him. And, and whenever you see somebody in need, some way, shape, or form, respond. Uh, you know, uh, you know, who were we? I was with somebody. I think I was with a bunch of the interns or discipleship crew. We were walking across Virginia Tech, and all of a sudden, and, and there was a girl on the phone, and she's crying. As she's talking on the phone. And I, when I passed her, I'm going, you know how your heart will go, Ugh. And we're walking, and we're walking, I'm, and as, you know, and I knew, I, oh, Lord, forgive me. You were doing something there. Even though she was on the phone, that's what got me was, and I should have just pursued her and chased her. But there was the signal. Okay, how many times I walk into those places, you see somebody in need, or they're, you know, they're lonely or they're crying, or whatever, or they're hungry. Because I want to say this, Matthew 25, and I didn't put the slide up there, but when Jesus says, he said, he says, you came to me when I was sick. You came to me when I was in prison. You came to me. You know, and he lists off all these things when I was hungry. And, he got, and the response is of the righteous. When did we come to you, Lord? When you can respond to me, you saw it to the least of me. You've done it to the least. You've done it to the least of these. You've done it to me. In other words, the presence. I never forget one time we were in a. I went with Matt Moore to the Philippines. We were in Manila, and Manila is man. There's one place, y'all, in Manila. That poverty, extraordinary, I mean, unbelievable amount of poverty. People, families in six or seven kids living in an area about the size of this and having plywood huts on top of each other. In this one whole area, a million people living in an area like that. And so we go into this area just to minister to families and, and kids and and I remember this guy saying, he said, I, I, I saw the Lord. I saw the Lord. And we go, what do you mean? What would you see? I mean, do you see Jesus? No, I saw him. I saw him in the eyes of that little old woman that I was praying over, that I was sitting there talking to. It was, it was the Lord. 
And it just hit me because that passage in Hebrews chapter 13, it says, let us go out to him outside the camp. See, the greatest place where God's presence is revealed, not in church. The greatest place for God's presence is out there. Now, why do we, let me ask you this question. This is a commercial. Why do we come to church? Why do we do this? Why do we have worship? Why do we, two things, why am I doing this word? Why do we do worship? You know why? This is my honest conviction. Tune up. Instruments, you know, this, my ignorance is going to come out here, but my understanding is an orchestra, they have to tune up to a particular, help me somebody, huh, tune to an A of an oboe, really, that's interesting, so they will tune to an instrument, so why do we come together, the tune up, this is just a tune up session y'all, so that we can do what, go out there. Y'all, be honest with you, because many times by, th- by Thursday or Friday, we out of tune. <laughs> or with our wife, you know, how many, just, I, I'm not going to ask this question. This would be an interesting question to ask. How many of you had an argument with your spouse or kids on your way to church? It'd be an interesting question. Y'all been there, you know how you're fussing with the kids and, and you, get, you get there and you get out of the car, oh, hello, you know. Yeah, you're out of tune. So I don't know how I got there. But anyway, seeing God's presence in relationship to somebody in need, and, and this is the next one, is this one's very interesting to me. In Acts chapter 14, learn this sight. Interesting. This man was listening to Paul as he spoke, who when he had fixed his gaze on him and had seen that he had the faith, to be, literally it says, be healed, be well, but it literally is the word to be saved. It's sozo. But in other words, Pete, Paul's looking at him, and he can see the faith. I'm going to tell you, y'all, I'm going to be honest with you. Sometimes it's hard to come back to America. It really is. Especially teaching. Because the thing is, is that when I'm over there, I mean, you think about this. The crew coming from Syria. Let me tell you something. They're coming through a war zone to get to Lebanon. I shouldn't be saying this stuff. But anyway. But anyway, they're coming through a war zone. They're believing God. They're coming. And so guess what? They're going, okay, we're coming. We're going to what? We're going to receive. And so I'm going to tell you what. When they're sitting there, dude, they're going like, give it, give it, give it. Give it. We want it. They got the faith, and it's, you can feel it. You feel this sucking coming out of you. It's just drawing. It's just drawing life out of you. And that's one of the things that you can look. And that's why many times, like sitting in this place right here, right now, you, can, you, know, you look in the eyes and you can see the faith of God. You can see God's presence in places. And that's what. And so one of the things you'll look at is when you're, when you're pursuing the presence of God, look for the faith. Look for things rising up in people where you know God's doing something and there respond. Just get used to seeing it and knowing it. Now, on the other side, don't write other people off either. It's not. Because to be honest with you, sometimes the people who are not, the ones that I want to have to deal with the most are the ones who are the most antagonistic. Those are the ones where you can really sense that God's doing something. 
If somebody's giving you a hard time about believing something, you, know, you go, Holy Ghost is on that person, and he don't like it at all. That's the one you can get. That's the one you go, okay, all right. <laughs> you know, do what? <laughs> yeah, because that person's going to try to push your button. Devil's going to try to have him push your button so to get you off. Because you're the threat. Either seeing the faith or seeing God working. Whatever, you can see God's presence in relationship to people. Or just the persons, y'all, I mean, seeing God's presence in the, in the person who is not the bold person up front, but the, maybe in a church service like this, the person that just sits and is so in love with Jesus. They never hardly say a word, but they just ooze the presence of God, and you're going, <gasps> somebody like me, you see him, I see him, and I go, <gasps> it'll take my breath away. Because you're seeing the presence of God, so I'm that. Come into church, Rachel Patterson. Coming through the church here one morning. Here she is sitting over here. Uh, you know, I come over and all of a sudden I'm just getting near and I'm going, I don't know, I, you know, I want to say hi. So I go, hey, Rachel, what, what's going on? And I said, well, I just, my, just before I go to work, I was coming here and praying and seeking the Lord. And I'm going, that's what I was feeling. God's presence there. God's presence. Jim Ebel was telling me that they were doing this work in this house. This is when he was in Kansas City. He said they were, they were remodeling the basement. And, uh, and he said every time they would go to this particular part of the house, he could feel the presence of God just get all over him. And he, he'd just sit in this place. And his boss was a Christian. He said, he goes, hey, go in that closet in there. There was a closet. It was a closet. And I want you to go sit in that closet. Go step in that closet and see what you feel. And Jim said, is Jim here? Jim and Gene's not here. He said, he goes, get in that closet, and all of a sudden, the boss comes out and goes, whoa, what is, what is that? I think Gene went one day there, and Jim said, go stand in that closet. What is it? And so Jim, one day, after, you know, he was kind of embarrassed to say something to the person, the owner of the house, and the owner of the house was a Christian. But after they'd done the construction on the house, and, and you know, they got it framed in, there was this closet space. Jim finally got the guts one day to ask the, ask the owner of the house. He says, I just got to tell you something. There's something about this closet that uh, did just, I'm just telling you, every time we get there, it just the Holy Ghost gets all over me. And these are my words, interpreting Jim. You know, Jim don't talk like that. But, uh, but anyway, and the guy, the owner of the house says, well, that used to be my daughter's bedroom. And what she would do is she loved the Lord so much, she would turn on praise and worship. And she loved to dance. And she would dance to the Lord there for hours. God's presence. God, that was his hangout with this girl. And obviously he was waiting for her to come back. <laughs> but anyway, God's presence in relationship to people. Just to learn to see and respond. And recognize what you're feeling and seeing. Pursuing God's presence in relationship to the circumstances of life. Now let me just real quick just speak these through. And there's three of them I just want to speak in relationship to this. First one is in relationship to circumstances of life. One is where two or three witnesses, you can, 
can bear witness of what you're feeling is God or not, you're sensing is God or not, or what you're hearing is God or not. You know, like here in Acts 15 when they're dealing with a tough situation, Paul and Barnabas come from Antioch to the, to the church there, and they're going, and they're facing some opposition, and they go there, and they're trying to literally paraphrase is we don't know whether we're off or all wet or what, so we're going to go down to, to paraphrase, we're going to go down to Jerusalem and sound it out. And y'all know that's when they had the big discussion among the Judaizers. But notice at the end after James stands up and he says, Then it seemed good to the apostles and the elders with the whole church. It seemed good. What's going on with you is good. And not only that, to choose men from among them to send to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas and Silas. Leading men among the brethren. In other words, in 2 Corinthians chapter Chapter 11, go to the next slide. I mean, I'm sorry, 13. Every word is confirmed on the mouth of two or three witnesses. In other words, y'all, um, y'all have heard this illustration before, but how many times I have heard from the Lord and misinterpreted from the Lord? Y'all remember me sharing, here, here's my, I'm going to share my moments, and you're going to say, he's preaching this morning. But the time I'm down in Big Stone Gap and I'm praying about God's presence in my life and the direction in my life, Paul and I take a weekend, we go away to a conference down, at, down in Black Mountain, North Carolina, and there I have a vision from the Lord. You know, I was praying about whether I was supposed to stay at East Stone Gap or not. And the pressure was so great and stuff like that. And so I have this vision from the Lord and I see this, this uh, sheepfold with these sheep all in this sheepfold, in this fenced-in area, and Jesus is sitting right in the middle of it. And there was one sheep laying on his lap, sitting on his lap, and there was one sheep, sheep, is that how you say it? Shep, sheep. <laughs> one sheep, whatever he is, was jumping in and out of the fence, going back, going in and out. And the Lord said, that's you. Stay in the fold. So I get back to Big Stone. Go to East Stone. I'm going that Sunday morning. I stood up for the church and I said, God gave me a vision while we was away. And, and the church knew that I was praying about that. And I, I shared the vision. And I say, and the interpretation of the vision is the Lord's telling me to resign. I think I missed it. Kelly's <laughs> looking at Brian and goes, What? That would be so close, but why? My heart couldn't hear. I needed the mouth of two or three witnesses. It's like when, when uh, in 2003 or four, when I'm with, I'm, I'm getting stretched and pushed in whether I should leave Blacksburg and go to Florida. Spiritual father, Mickey Evans says, Rick, come down here and work with us at Dunklin. My dad saying, come down here and work down here. And the two are there, spiritual leaders. I'm saying, I'm hearing from the Lord. I think we should go. Paula's going, I'll submit. And in her time, and that says Tom and Mark, Sikkim. Tom and Mark, guess what? They're going, every word's confirmed on the mouth of two or three witnesses. Well, who had the most authority in my life at that time? Tom and Mark. Not my dad and my spiritual father. Tom and Mark. I wouldn't be sitting here today, standing here today, if it wouldn't been for Tom and Mark. Because why? God's presence was in relationship to my wife and Tom and Mark. 
And so that's what I'm saying where God's presence can be in relationship to the circumstances of your life. And that you don't recognize that. That's not spiritual, Tom. Give me a vision or something. Give me a thus saith the Lordeth instead of rebuking me in Boston Beanery. Tulio said that was the first time he came to visit me. He said Tom and Mark were rebuking the snot out of me. And Tulio's going, I think this is good. I think I need to be here now. <laughs> Seeing God confirm a word. Seeing an action. Remember the Jeremiah chapter, Jeremiah passage where God says something in the past. And all of a sudden, you see that action coming to pass. Like, y'all, one of the mo- God's favorite ways to show His presence with me is in relationship to Scripture. When I first got saved, I'm in, I'm in a church service. I'm contemplating getting saved. And you know how you feel like God's presence in me, and I, I don't know whether it is or not. I don't know what to do with it. And all of a sudden, I, in a good old Baptist church, I reached up and grabbed the Bible, the, the, the pew Bible, you know. And I did the Holy Ghost lucky dip method and opened it up. And the very first words are, Behold, today is the day of salvation. I'm going, <laughs> God working with that in the circumstances there. Or when, I, when Paul and I are praying about going into ministry and all of a sudden, you know, and uh, that's when I did the lucky dip method where the night before we're praying, Lord, if you want us to go, open doors. If you don't, Lord, shut the doors. Where I get up the next morning and open it up to Revelations chapter Chapter 3, and I did it, lucky dip method again. And there, you know, Lord, I'm wanting to read over here. And the Lord, I just feel this yearning, read here, read here. And I'm going, no, I want to read here. No, read here. And I read, and the very first words it says, Behold, I have put before you an open door which no one can shut. <gasps> God's presence. Or the time I'm about to commit suicide up on the mountain of Big Stone Gap. And I pray, the Lord's forgotten me. The Lord has forsaken me. And, the very, and I opened my Bible up to Isaiah 49, and all of a sudden, but Zion said, the Lord has forgotten me. The Lord has forsaken me. And I go, there it is, word. No, he don't. He says, look at it. Zion said it. God spoke to me out of the revelation of his word. God working, God's presence with me. God's presence with you. One time there was a girl in a ministry that, we, that had came to our ministry at Radford University, and she would... She was in the counseling program there, and she'd come to watch how we did counseling. And uh, Oliver Lewis and, and uh, Marcus Alpin, I was sitting on the front row with this girl, and she's interviewing me. She's all dressed up in her dress suit. And right in front of me, probably this far apart, Marcus, they just no couthness in them. They walked up to Marcus, walks up to, to uh, uh, Oliver and goes, Oliver. Oliver's a black guy, and Marcus, he had soul in him too. He says, man, I'm feeling dry. Will you pray for me? Oliver goes, yeah, brother. In fact, Oliver's a principal in, where's he a principal at today? Huh? Primary school. Yeah, go on and get him to pray for you. But Oliver goes, yeah, okay, Marcus. Yeah, in the name of Jesus, Holy Ghost, come Oliver. All of a sudden, Marcus goes out, power of God hits Marcus, and he goes out, and I mean, and Marcus just starts laughing immediately. It looked like, you know what it looked like? It looked somebody fell in a swimming pool. And, and it fell in, you know, and the splash comes out. Well, this woman's sophisticated sitting there right next to me. I'm trying to counter this conversation about trying to seem not too crazy. And anyway, Marcus does this, and all of a sudden she starts laughing uncontrollably. And then, but here's the crazy thing. After about a minute of her laughing uncontrollably, instantly she starts to weep. Sorrow beyond understanding. And I looked at her, I'm going, dude, that's a spirit. So I spoke peace over her. And what had happened, y'all, this, this woman 
had, uh, she had had, she was dating this guy, and he had got her pregnant. They were engaged to get married. He got her pregnant. He talked her into having an abortion. She had an abortion. The guilt and condemnation of the abortion just hit her like a ton of bricks. He saw the pain and sorrow caused her that came on him. He committed suicide. So here she is. She's had an abortion. Her fiancé's committed suicide. And all of a sudden, and, and, and she, she shares that what happened was, is how come she didn't, she's at the time of committing suicide. And all of a sudden, she's there writing the note. And the doorbell rings. And this lady comes up. She opens the door. And the Lord, she said, the Lord sent me here. Said, don't do it. And walks away. And that night, that's all the woman ministered to her. She goes, okay, God. And she, she got saved, but she didn't know how to deal with the pain in her heart from the abortion or the, the death of her fiancé. But God healed her heart that night. God's presence. God's showing up there to minister love in, out of the, in the midst of a horrible circumstance in his life, her life in a crazy thing with a bunch of crazy people. So never discount anything. The last thing I want to share about seeing God's presence, y'all, is that seeing God's God in the circumstances of life, seeing an effect confirms a word. I'm sorry, go to the next one. I'm sorry. This one. Seeing obstacles as an opportunity. Y'all, You've heard me say it, but let's get it down inside of us. God, let it get it down inside of us. Get this. This is interesting to me in Acts 8. And on that day, a great persecution against the church began against the church in Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the region of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. And then it goes on later on in in verse 4. Get this phrase. Therefore, those who had been scattered went about preaching the word of God. Let that sink in. They just got kicked out of their homes. Persecution was so intense. You know know how easy it would be to go, well, God, boy, where have you been? God, you ain't with us. We lost our homes. You lost our families. You lost our relationships. And we're scattered. But they go and they go, no, 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 no. This is an opportunity for God to show up in our midst. Can we confess something? I know you know it. Let's confess this. God causes all things to work out for my good. Is that true? So if there's an obstacle, we can count on it that God's presence is going to show up to redeem that situation. Let's believe for it. The greater the opposition, the greater the manifestation of God's presence. The picture of Moses. Some of y'all, I just really heard the word of the Lord during worship. Some of you have faced uh, uh, Red Seas where you're up against the Red Sea and the Red Sea's there and you got the army of Pharaoh on your back. In other words, there's no, there's no, there's no escape. If you go one way, it's destruction. The other way, is just a complete impossible wall to get. God spoke, I hear God saying, God's presence wants to show up in the midst of a Red Sea and part the Red Sea for you. I believe that God's wanting to show up, to see the obstacles in us. I mean, see the, the presence of God among us. You got something? 
before I close this thing out. Can we pray? And I, I just want to just pray that, uh, Swifty, if you'd hold that door real quick, you'd hold that. I just want to pray before we let any more kids in. I just want to pray this, okay? And I know the, the child care workers, man, they'd go minister deliverance to them. But, but, but I want to finish this out because I want to pray this. Um, I do have, I do, I do want to speak this. There's some, somebody in here, y'all, does not know Jesus. And I'm going to be honest, I felt it so strong when we were in prayer before church. Somebody want, needs to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Um, respond, respond. Respond. If I say that to you right now and you could question about it, please respond. Please respond. Yeah. Let's pray. Father, I just want to thank you for this time today. Lord, I thank you that you have promised us that you will never leave us. You'll never forsake us. So we can confidently say the Lord is our helper. The Lord is our helper. Lord, you promised us you'll never lead us, leave us. You said that you, Jesus, you said you would give us another comforter, that he would be in us forever, forever. Lord, our bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in us. Lord, you are in our midst. You have promised us in 2 Corinthians 6 that you will dwell in us and you'll walk among us. Lord, you tell us, you are the God of all comfort. You are the one who has been called alongside of us. Lord, you're not a distant and far off God. You are the one who is constantly faithful to us. You're faithful to us. You are with us. Lord, open our eyes to see where you have been with us in the past. Open our eyes where you are with us now. Lord, open our eyes that we may see where you're going to be. And what you're revealing now, could even now, Lord, our pre your presence with us. Lord, that we may be pursuers of your presence. Like your word says, Lord, that where you said, seek your presence. And my heart says to you, your presence I will seek. Lord, we need you. Lord, forgive us for entertaining thoughts that we can do this on our own. God, forgive us for closing our eyes and ears and our emotions to the revelations of you. Lord, you are a God who loves to be with your kids. Lord, I know how it is. I, my passion and desire to be with Shay Michelle or, or Leela or Max and Francis even. Lord, I just know that my, pat, my heart or for Burby, he's probably aching to be in Colorado right now. But Lord, even that, you love, you know, Lord, I love them. But Lord, you even loving us far more, long to be with us and reveal the manifestations of yourself. So Lord, I pray right now, Lord, the, the hearts that feel lonely, abandoned, forsaken, Lord, I just pray, God, comfort. Comfort. Can I have the, the prayer team uh, to come up, please? And we're just going to close. And uh, you have something? Um, we're going to close up prayer team. Y'all know who you are. Come on up. We're just going to close out. And I just want to invite you to, you know, anything that I was speaking this morning that may have touched your heart or, or any way, shape, or form that you just want to process and pray out. Uh, just come on up. Because God's just wanting you to know that he's with you. So let me just pray this out. Let's just close this out, will you? Hey, wait a minute. Can I? Where's Lou? Yeah, you can let the kids in.
we need to pray. I need, we need some people to lay hands on us. So we'll be over here on this side if somebody can pray for us. But go ahead. Yeah. Hello. Hello. Okay. Um, and I think the other, you know, just one more thought that I had just was just this place of just repenting if we haven't responded. You know, if you if you haven't made that response, whether it's to salvation, whether it's to God, His presence somewhere, uh, in 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 Him doing something, just just re- just ask for forgiveness and just keep walk. Let's walk forward from this place and just see the kingdom of God come about. So, Lord, we just we thank you, Father, for this time, Lord, for this word, God, just to, God that we would see God just your presence and respond to it. Can we just let's just stand. Lord, we just thank you for this morning, God. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the worship, God. Just thank you for that just time to tune in to the kingdom of God. Tune in to the to the glory of your name, God, and to be able to not only live that here, but Lord, live that the other seven to six other days of this week that we get to before we come back together, God. And uh, our Lord, maybe we come on Wednesdays, but Lord, in between those times, God, that we would be fully filled and equipped to be able to discern and see, Lord, what we are seeing, what we're feeling, God, um, what we're hearing, God. I just pray that those three things would be so, Lord, you would just mature us, Lord, as a body, mature us as individuals in those those places. And God, if if this morning, God, we just need prayer for that. Maybe we just need to, that, Lord, the eyes of our heart to be strengthened. God, maybe some of us just need to come and get prayer this morning because we haven't been able to see with our heart. We've been, it's been cloudy. And so, Father, I just pray that you would just break that, uh, break off that cloudiness, God, just break off that fog, and that we would be able to see you clearly. And God, that for that person that needs to be saved, I pray they would come find somebody, find myself, find one of these, and pray that this morning. And so, Lord, we just thank you for that. We bless you and we honor you. God, just be, just fill this week with your glory and your kingdom and being able to recognize what we're seeing, what you're doing in the internal not the temporary. So, Lord, we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. So come grab somebody if you need prayer this morning. And uh, if you need to be saved this morning, come find one of us. And get some people over here to pray for uh, Rick and Lou, please.